Welcome to St. James Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our hybrid Zoom service held on Sunday, June the 20th, 2021. To join us online or for more information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. Welcome to you today, especially those who have come to church. It really is lovely to have people back at St. James and a warm welcome to everybody at home and hopefully we'll be able to connect what's happening in church with you at home as well as possible. Um, We uh, haven't unfortunately been able to uh, have our service in the round, which is a St. James tradition, but we've done our best to uh, sort of give it a slight curve Um, and as uh, technology improves and as we uh, hopefully get better the services will progress and will develop but please forgive us um, if there are any uh, uh, quirks in terms of uh, how the service is going we're uh, sort of baby steps at the moment Um, but it really it's just delightful to to have you in church it's fantastic Um, and lovely, as, as I said, to be able to have people at home as well uh, joining in. Uh, the theme of today uh, is on Pentecost 4 is stilling the storm, and uh, Geoffrey will be giving our reflection uh, later on in the service. So if we can start our service with a moment's quiet, I'll uh, bang the, the gong and light a candle, and I'll invite you at home if you would light a candle as well, uh, as a symbol of connecting us together, um, that what's going on in church is also happening in your homes, but also as a way of creating sacred space um, at home, because it's also great that church is happening, not just here in St. James, but is also happening all around Edinburgh and further afield. uh, Church is happening at, at home as well. So let's just prepare our hearts and minds with a moment's quiet.
Let us now say the comment together. God, the God is wisdom world, unity and in power. Hold us fast by your promises of peace. One for us by your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. We now come to a time of confession. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failures and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. May God forgive us, Christ forgive us, and Spirit enable us. first uh, New Testament reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see, we are alive as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children, Open wide your hearts also. This is the word of God. Thanks be to Jesus. Listen now for the God. 
On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with them. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Give thanks to the Lord for his glorious gospel. Praise to Christ our Lord. Okay, um, let's pray. We bless you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Bring us together as we study and pray and open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, the um, story we've just heard um, begs to be interpreted visually and artists have not been reticent. Um, well known is uh, Rembrandt's 1633 version of the stilling of the storm and I'm afraid physically in the church we're going to be denied that due to the technical glitch but I believe the people at home have the stilling of the storm. Any chance there? Well if, if you don't know it <laughs> If you don't know it, the, uh, the sailors are struggling in vain as sails billow out of control and four of them in the center of the picture seem particularly at risk of being flooded um, out of the boat. They are seasoned fishermen uh, and if Mark tells us that they were afraid, you can be sure that they will have had good reason to be afraid and I don't think Rembrandt is exaggerating the drama. He was a master, of course, of chiaroscuro, using highly contrasted light and dark for dramatic effects. And in the middle of the picture, if only you here could see it, he, there is Jesus and the disciples in the middle of the boat. Um, um, but, uh, but you have to really study it to see him in conversation. Um, the week recently awakened Jesus. And you have to pay attention and work to interpret the disciples' bewildered uh, reaction to his inaction in their view. Teacher, they cry, don't you care that we are perishing? Worth noticing is the detail, uh, computer enhance. I always wanted to say that. 
a distinctly ill figure in red is being sick over the side. Um, and there's one character, one character in the dozen or so in this picture with Rembrandt's face looking out of the picture. One character looking out of the picture, demanding perhaps of the viewer, what would be your response? How do you take this in? Do you wonder whether Jesus cares? <clears throat> the next picture is a slide by Helena Cherkasova, a Russian artist and iconographer born in, Russia, in Moscow in 1959. I really have to... Do you think I could just turn that round to give a quick view? Would you just tur turn that round to give a quick view to people? It's an extraordinary uh, modern piece. Um, uh, Helena trained at the School for Arts in, in Moscow, she <clears throat> led a very bohemian, alternative lifestyle until she abruptly found her faith and converted at the age of 21 to the Russian Orthodox Church. And in this picture um, of the disciples in the, in the boat, one disciple is pleading, all I think are afraid and wondering, Jesus, don't you care? Jesus is, is barely awake, um, clearly exhausted, um, and, and with good reason, or I wonder, does it look to you as if he is uh, still asleep? If you see him as asleep, if the viewer sees him as asleep, I wonder, does that deepen our fear of being forgotten? Is Jesus asleep? Is God asleep? Are we afraid of being ignored or overlooked? Do you not care? We also demand of God. But I, I, see, I see also a certain lightness in this painting. The alarmed disciples remind me of a, here of hungry chicks in a nest, hapless, helpless, and dependent. And their, their wide-eyed wonder um, makes me think that also in the picture, Jesus has already spoken and quieted the raging storm. And now perhaps... He shakes his head, he slaps his forehead, and he exclaims, Why were you afraid? Have you still no faith? God's answer to our demand, do you not care? And, and it is a good demand. It's better than shutting God out. God's answer is, oh yes, more than you know. More than you know. In the language and the drama, of the miracle story, and in the part of Psalm 107 that we heard this morning, the response is clear. Waves are stilled, winds die down, calm descends, and safety, blessed safety, is ours. In our lives, it is often only heard at a deep, deep level. It's not a magic wand to remove us instantly from physical danger, or very, very seldom. More often, the answer of God is an assurance, an affirmation, a yes to us at the level of soul to soul. Uh, thanks very much, Elspeth, for the picture. Um, at the level of soul to soul, and in my deepest being, there's a meeting, a strengthening, a knowledge of being known and of being loved. In his letter to the Corinthians, um, Paul gives us nine forms of suffering that he's endured. 
I have little doubt that he will have pleaded with God to spare him most of those. And yet faith and the knowledge of God kept, kept him going, kept him speaking, teaching, traveling, traveling, witnessing, writing, encouraging, loving. A faith like that is difficult to explain, even more difficult to generate by our own efforts or to acquire overnight. Which is why it seems so hard that the disciples are chided for still being without faith. But I, I want to suggest that perhaps Jesus is pointing there to a reality about faith. Faith is not belief that, believing that such and such is true. I mean, they've been listening to Jesus' teaching all day. But it's belief in, belief in. And over the course of a rich and a full Christian life, faith is more often a belief in and is seen in the depths rather than on the surface, developed over time, tempered in fires of adversity, tested and pruned over a lifetime rather than arriving as a fully formed shield. And it is this deep, almost beyond words, faith that works as a kind of core around which we experience life. The morning has broken calm as well as the storms, the joys and the sorrows, in the glory and in the gray we sing here. When we suffer and laugh and love and live God's life, can be said to be like a musical composition, a polyphonic musical composition, richly decorated, depending on a ground bass or cantus firmus to anchor the interweaving melodies and harmonies. Just another minute. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer thought so. Uh, shortly before his execution, he, he wrote this in his letters and papers from prison. He wrote, God requires, God requires that we should love him eternally with our whole hearts, yet not so as to compromise or diminish our earthly affection. But this love is a kind of cantus firmus to which the other melodies of life provide the counterpoint, counterpoint where the ground base is firm and clear. There is nothing to stop the counterpoint from being developed to the utmost of its limits. Only a polyphony of this kind can give life a wholeness and assure us that nothing can go wrong so long as the cantus firmus is kept going. Put your faith in the cantus firmus. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Letters and Papers from Prison. This cantus firmus is both a gift from God and I believe it is formed by our decisions and our practice, little by little, over and over, through our life. It is shaped when we turn to God and, and ask boldly, do you care? It is shaped by our decisions to come out of ourselves in tiny ways and act towards the well-being of another. It is shaped by random acts of kindness and senseless acts of beauty. 
It is shaped by the practice of prayer. It is shaped by paying attention, as Paul wrote, to whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy. So grows the cantus firmus of faith in our lives. And above that ground base, we are each creating melodies and harmonies that, that build a piece of complex music that is utterly beautiful and completely unique. Whether we are young and playing basic melodies, whether we are improvising freely or doubting whether we have the resources to play any tune at all, whether we move between major and minor keys through glorious joy and harrowing grief, it is the cantus firmus that enables us to build and weave the tunes and harmonies. So just to finish for a couple of minutes before Ellie leads in our intercessions, I'm going to invite you to reflect on this idea of your life as a set of melodies built upon the cantus firmus of faith. Well, Suzanne plays a, a wonderful and well-known example of what I'm talking about musically, Packlebell's Canon in D major. And I pray that for each one of us, that our faith in Christ may deepen and grow by the mercy of God. Could you respond, hear our prayer? And if you like, you can make a gesture. We open wide our hearts. Uh, I'll also be praying for peace in lots of different situations. And if you'd like to use the sign for peace, you can make that sign as we pray. So we open wide our hearts and peace. Let us pray as we ponder your stilling of the storm. Jesus, you say, why are you afraid? We pray now for the many people in the world fleeing their own country and seeking asylum and a new home. We pray for those who face actual storms and swamping 
as they try to cross the Mediterranean or the Channel or other seas. We pray that in the storms that they face, that they may know your peace and assurance. We open wide our hearts, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Jesus, you say, why are you afraid? We pray for peoples who feel that they're living in a political or religious storm. We pray for the peoples of Northern Ireland, of Palestine and Israel, and of other places you'll know of who are living in turmoil. We pray for the many people working for peace in these places. We pray that as nations and as people, that they may know your peace and assurance. We open wide our hearts, hear yeah, our prayer. prayer. Jesus, you say, why are you afraid? We pray now for people we know who are feeling swamped by the situation they find themselves in. We pray that even in those situations, they may know your peace and assurance. We open wide our hearts, hear yeah, our prayer. prayer. Jesus, you say peace, be still. In a moment of stillness now, we lift ourselves and each other before God, seeking the ground-based melody of loving God with our whole hearts, whether in storm or calm, in the coming week and beyond as you call us to develop the other melodies in the polyphony of our lives. We open wide our hearts, hear our prayer. Amen. Thank you for those prayers, Ellie. I think over the past few weeks, we've had some wonderful metaphors for the Christian life, one being that we're in a dance, we're invited into the dance with the Trinity and with each other. And today, um, Geoffrey talking about our lives as a melody that's grounded in the firmness of uh, our faith in Christ. I think they, they are beautiful um, metaphors for us to go away with and really meditate uh, and think about. So thank you, Geoffrey, for that reflection. So now let's open wide our hearts to one another as uh, we share the peace with those at home. So we might want to wave to those at home uh, and share the peace in whatever way uh, that we feel fit. But we meet in Christ's name. Let us share his peace. Peace be with you, Richard John. 
Thank you. 